Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to Essex Church, where this community of Kensington Unitarians meets each week. Welcome to those of you who are regulars. Welcome to those of you who are perhaps here for the first time or are still fairly new to our community. And our theme for the service today is letting go. Letting go and moving on. And I'm grateful to a congregation member and interfaith minister, Sonia Lete, whose idea this service was. So we invite you to take this hour to explore what that means to you. And perhaps just letting go of the rush to get here today or letting go of needing to do anything in this hour together. This is a time of stopping and sharing space with one another. And it's another way of letting go of the external world and moving on into our true nature. And so we light this candle this chalice, as a symbol of union with others worshipping in this way today all over the world. May this light illuminate our thoughts, our emotions, our spirits. May it guide us in letting go of that which we no longer need and moving on to the freedoms we seek. Welcome. Welcome to you all. This is a reading called The Glove in the Subway by Jane Rani Chepka. A one-paragraph newspaper article describes a subway platform during the morning rush hour at Grand Central Terminal. A train pulls in. A well-dressed woman gets off. Before the doors close, the woman realizes that she is holding one of her leather gloves. She looks back in the train and spots the matching one on the seat. It's obviously too late to dash back in to retrieve it. So, with a cavalier shrug, she flings her arm out and the doors about to close, tosses her glove onto the seat alongside its mate. The door shut and the train pulls away. What a great image. One could use it, I suppose, as a metaphor for facing the inevitable or arguing for an orderly universe, or even with a little stretch, for sharing the good things in life. But as we move into the summer season, the metaphor that comes to mind is the one of letting go. To throw a favorite leather glove into the oblivion of a moving train must involve small pangs of uncertainty, pangs of some degree of loss, pangs of upset, After a lifetime of struggling not to lose our mittens, then our gloves, cavalier abandonment does not come easy. In New England, at least, our pattern is to cling, as we cling to our gloves, to routine, to hard work, to obligation, all autumn, all winter, and right through to the 4th of July. But in the summertime, there is a letting go. We close up our schools and our churches, put our overcoats and mothballs, and dust off the swan boats, the lobster pots, and last year's new gas grill. We need that. 
We need to cast that glove of responsibility back into the train. We need a vigorous and decisive toss about now to free ourselves of the confining gloves of life, even if we love them. And the train's about to leave. Well, Sonia and I have been um, talking about and reading about this service's theme of letting go for a few weeks now, now and um, it's a theme I'm drawn to in life, perhaps because it's something I don't always find that easy to do. On the holding on or letting go spectrum, I'm going to place myself towards the holding on end. I wonder where you'd all place yourselves. Now, I... I actually reckon you can make a pretty good case for certain kinds of holding on anyway. Let's think of some examples. I appreciate all the people who've held on to me when I felt myself going under in life. There's a kind of holding on that can quite literally save lives. I wonder if there are times in your life when you've been helped by another person's holding on in such a way. And, and then I appreciate all the people who've held on to causes that they knew to be right. That kind of holding on against the prevailing messages of the day. Allowing a society to move on and develop. That kind of holding on, well that abolished slavery, it's ended capital punishment, it's given women the vote. And in our own time, for example, is, is seeking equal marriage for people in same-sex partnerships a right for which our Unitarian General Assembly is campaigning. So I wonder what causes you are glad that people have actually held on to in the development of our society. And then there's an inner kind of holding on, I think. That kind of holding on that gives you the strength to continue, even when it seems like everything is against you. That's the tenacity that climbs mountains, wins races, overcomes personal obstacles in seeking your life path. And as I look around this congregation, I know some of the fights that you've had to battle with over the years. And then there's another holding on that you might call commitment to a friendship, to a marriage, a church community even. A holding on that keeps relationships going when the going gets tough. A holding on that gets you up in the morning to come here on a Sunday or to help a neighbour or the myriad other ways that we might be involved in life. That's holding on. So I'm not saying that holding on is bad and letting go is good because life is a tad more complicated than that, isn't it? But of all the spiritual teachings I've gained over the years, I think it's the key teaching of Buddhism on the letting go of attachment that has challenged me and pushed me on the most. Here in the Western world, in the 21st century, we're living in an age where most of us simply have too much stuff. We are, and our storage cupboards are, and our shelves are, the product of capitalism's endless search for new customers. It's hard to resist that subtle message that happiness will be ours when we own the next best dot, 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 dot. Fill in the gap for yourselves. The Buddha spoke of our human desire to cling, to hold on as the source of our suffering in this world. He taught the value of letting go. But in 5th century BC, the Buddha could not, I suspect, dreamt 
of the possessions we now take for granted, nor the struggles that result because of them. Sonia and I have both had to clear um, the possessions of someone that we've loved who's died in recent years, as I know some of you have too. And you'll know the poignancy of such a process and how very important it can feel to honour the person who has died through the careful moving on of their possessions. It can be a process of recognition and of love. It can, of course, also be a source of family friction and pain. The Buddha would remind us, too, that letting go and holding on relate not just to the material world, but also to the world of ideas, the world of our minds, our thoughts and our ideas, our hopes and our wishes. They relate to our feelings and emotions, to our relationships, to our physical bodies, and, of course, to our spiritual lives, too. According to Buddhist teacher John Kabat-Zinn, letting go means just what it says. It's an invitation to cease clinging to anything, whether it be an idea, a thing, an event, a particular time or view or desire. It's a conscious decision, he says, to release with full acceptance into the stream of precise moments as they are unfolding. To let go means to give up coercing, resisting, or struggling in exchange for something more powerful and wholesome, which comes out of allowing things to be as they are. Let that be inscribed somewhere for me, please. Allowing things to be as they are without getting caught up in your attraction to or rejection of them. It's akin, he says, and I love this image and you might want to try this now, it's akin to letting your palm just open to unhand something that you have been holding on to. Words from John Kabat-Zinn. To let go in this way is sometimes like releasing a heavy burden. It offers a way to live and to love more lightly in the present moment without expectations. Now important though these Buddhist teachings are, there are, I really do believe, no rights or wrongs when it comes to letting go. Yes, the I have no possessions approach to life, I am unattached and free, it may be right for some people at certain times of their lives, but probably not for most of us. We are creatures who can, and indeed must, work in and work with the material world, and with others, but perhaps with an awareness of when to hold on and when to let go. Whenever I approach this topic of letting go, I find myself coming back to a poem by the American poet Mary Oliver. It's in her poem In Blackwater Woods, and she's describing the changing of the seasons, and she's been watching the reeds, and I don't know if you've ever seen this, but bulrushes and the like, she calls them cattails, at the point where they are letting go of their seeds, the wind just takes them off across the lake floating off on the wind. And so her poem ends with these words. And so does our, our address. To live in this world, you must be able to do three things. To love what is mortal. To hold it against your bones like your own life depends on it. And when the time comes to let it go, to let it go.
To live in this world, you must be able to do three things. To love what is mortal. To hold it against your bones like your own life depends on it. And when the time comes to let it go, to let it go. Amen. What I'm going to read next, and I'm going to suggest that you follow, they've actually printed these words on the um, blue hymn sheet. This is not everybody's cup of tea. These, These words about letting go, specifically in relationships, they come from the teachings of Al-Anon, which I know some of you uh, are well aware of. And Al-Anon recognizes that the families of recovering alcoholics may need to adjust their own behavior in order to let an individual take responsibility for their own life. And yet I think these words have a certain relevance for all relationships. See what you think. Letting go, a meditation on pure love. To let go does not mean to stop caring. It means I can't do it for someone else. To let go is not to cut myself off. It's the realization I can't control others. To let go is to admit powerlessness, which means the outcome is not in my hands. To let go is not to try to change or blame others. It's to make the most of myself. To let go is not to care for, but to care about. To let go is not to judge, but to allow another to be a human being. To let go is not to be in the middle, arranging all the outcomes, but to allow others to affect their own destinies. To let go is not to be protective, it's to permit another to face reality. To let go is not to deny, but to accept. To let go is not to nag, scold or argue, but instead to search out my own shortcomings and correct them. To let go is not to regret the past, but to grow and live for the future. To let go is to fear less and to love more. So, in something of that spirit, Sonia is now going to talk us through a, a ritual of letting go. As some of you may, may already be familiar with this ritual, but for those who can't see, there are four bowls in the centre table representing the elements. So, we're going to um, ask for the support of the elements to help us release whatever we would like to release and does everyone did everyone get a little card and a pen fabulous <coughs> so the idea is that this is going to be like a guided silent process for ourselves and to tune in to what you need to let go it might be something absolutely new that's come to you in this moment and then we fold the piece of paper, and then in your own time, to place it in one of the element bowls. And there's going to be some element that sings to you today. So, um, for me, I've done this ritual many times with many different elements, and, and I find it the most 
healing and supportive process I've done because sometimes I don't know how to let go and I need help. And I know there's always help out there. And for me, the elements represent my brains. So do you want it to be washed away? Do you want it to go up in flames? Do you want it to go up high to the heavens? Do you want it to be buried deep in the earth? And that will come to you. So, um, and we're, so we're not going to physically do those actions today, but Sarah and I will take them after the session, after the service, and bury them accordingly, or etc., etc., to your wishes. We will not be reading anything. No, we've got enough worries about it. Absolutely. <laughs> but we would like to also support you in knowing that not only are the elements helping you, but we are supporting you to let go. And Sarah and I have already let go. from Spring House Cleaning of the Spirit by Richard Gilbert. Uh, Julian Huxley, the great humanist, once wrote, It is of the greatest importance that humanity now and then should take out its beliefs for spring cleaning. So in the holy quiet of this promising hour of spring, may we purge ourselves of coldness of spirit that warm spring breezes may thaw our souls. May the debris of wrongs unforgiving be gathered and discarded so we can start anew. May slowness of spirit, frozen by cold, be quickened to every fresh possibility. May the song that has lingered too long in our lungs be inspired by twittering bird choruses. May the grime of mistakes made be rinsed from our minds with the springtime waters of self-forgiveness. May the dust of the exhausting journey be wiped from the furniture of our lives so that it gleams again. And may we muster the strength to do our own spring house cleaning of the 